everyone doing today blessed and highly favored I am sure but before I begin this show let's do some housekeeping I want to remind everyone that Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit community organization whose mission is to empower Brooklyn's underserved local communities by providing active learning in media practices and to amplify their voices through a global internet radio platform. Saying this, we are, in, we are dependent upon your donations to help keep us providing programming on the air. Go to our website, click on the donate button, and give what you can. We greatly appreciate it. So now, as you know, every week I try to come up with topics that I feel will be helpful to everyone that listens. And I want to take this time to thank everyone that tunes in faithfully to listen to me speak on Sunday morning. Now just imagine on a Sunday morning, you could be sleeping in, turning over, adjusting those sheets. But I am so grateful that you give me this time out of your day to spend with you. And speaking of grateful, 
This entire week, I've been waking up just feeling so grateful. Have you ever just woke up in the morning? And not that you take things for granted. And sometimes we do. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I do. You know, I just take it for it's a given. That's what it is. But some mornings, do you ever just wake up and just be like, thank you, Lord. I just thank you. And I woke up like that this week and it was like just every morning it was just like, thank you, Lord. Because there's so many with this pandemic that weren't able to open their eyes again. But I'm not going to make this a downer show. This show is going to be very exciting. And for any of you who might be feeling down, I think this show is going to lift, lift you up. And if we have any first time listeners on, I want to say welcome. And if you want to find out you know, the type of show that I offer, how I sound in my other shows. If you'd like to hear any of my previous shows, you can access my archive on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Go to my show page, which is What Would Kay Say? Or you can find me on Spotify and iTunes. So now today, I think I feel like going to church a little bit. Yes, that's what you heard me say, going to church this morning but not in the traditional sense of the word, but we are going to deal with the subject that I believe can, that can be very comforting to those of us that might still be trying to navigate this new normal. Today, we're going to talk about prayer and how to pray more effectively. So now, what is prayer? And I'm sure that we all have our own versions of how we pray, but what we are actually doing, what are we actually doing when we pray? That's what I want to say. I don't want to tell you what we're doing. I want to know what are we doing when we pray? Now, I know you all have your own thoughts in your mind, but prayer is our communication with our higher power. My how my higher power being Jesus Christ. When we pray, we are actually having a conversation with God. Now, God communicates with us in various ways through his written word, which is the Bible, through his anointed messengers, that could be your pastor, your minister, members of the, any members of, of any clergy, but God also communicates with us through each other, like this show for an example right? Or someone who you might be having a conversation with, you might've had a thought on your mind and then here they go telling you or confirming something that you feel the Lord had put in your spirit. And here it is, you're having, like I said, a conversation with a friend of yours and they talk about whatever it is that you were, what you were feeling and they give you confirmation. That's another way that God is communicating with us. But we only have one way to commune with God. And that is through the use of prayer. Now, when you think about prayer, how often do you engage in it? You know, just take for example, like how often is it that you engage in prayer? Some have a more traditional understanding when it comes to prayer. Like I said earlier, you close your eyes, you get on your knees, you stay there for about at least five minutes. You use big, holy sounding words like thou, thee, art, 
all those things, right? But can I explain to you that prayer does not have to be that complicated? You can pray to God while driving in your car, while cooking dinner, and back in the day, and I don't even want to say back in the day, but it seems like so far off, when we were commuting to work on the subway and the bus, you could have prayed there. Prayer can happen at any given time. Now, honestly, I'm going to say, and I shouldn't say honestly, because I said before, when people say honestly, it's almost like as if all the other times they were lying to you, right? So no, scratch that word honestly. But I'm going to admit something to you. I am praying multiple times during the day. And you might be doing the same things. I, when I sit, when I start out my prayer in the morning, it's like I'm having one long continuous conversation with the Lord from the time I wake up until I go to sleep that next, that night. Sometimes if I engage in a conversation with somebody, like if I get on the phone and, you know, we'll be talking and they'll say, well, such and such and such happened. And I'll say, well, didn't I tell you that? And they'll say like, no, you didn't tell me. But then I have to remember you know what? They're right. I didn't tell them. I was talking to God when I told that story or when I voiced that point of view. I wasn't, that was my conversation with the Lord. So it seems like as if I had the conversation already, which in actuality I did, but it just wasn't with a human being. So now when we're having our conversation with God, just as when we're having a conversation with people, you don't want to dominate the conversation, right? With everything being only what's important to you, you want to include the other party as well. We all have those people that we've had conversations with that you can't get a word in. Even if they ask you a question, they don't even give you a chance to answer it because they're answering it before you answer it. And at, at some point, you're just like, you know what? Whatever it is you say is fine because you're not going to be able to get a word in. We don't want to be like that when we talk to God. So... When we talk to him, we want to include him in the conversation as well. So when we use God's own words in our prayers, we are incorporating him into the conversation. And because by doing that, we're letting him know that we hear what he has said to us and that we were listening. Like when we read and we get that from when we read, right? So now prayer is also a good time to seek answers to scriptures that we do not understand. Just like if you're having a conversation with somebody and they say something off the wall and you're like, what do you mean by that? Or you give them the side eye look like, what is she talking about? You can do the same with God, not giving him the side eye look. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can do the same with God, meaning when you're having a conversation with him, if you've read a scripture that you don't quite understand what it means, you could ask him, you know, you can just ask him, you know, God, what did you mean by this? When you said in your scripture, blah, 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 whatever it is, the scripture that you don't understand, and he will give you clarity for it. Uh, let's see what else can I say about prayer? Uh, yes. 
I know, because I had lost my train of thought right there. You know that's when I had stopped. I was like, what woman am I talking about? When I say about asking him about the scriptures, like if you want to ask him to give you clarity on a scripture, you could only ask him to give you clarity on a scripture if you've been reading the Bible. So that's why some people find it hard to have a conversation with God because a lot of times they don't, they feel they don't know what to say. It's like, okay, well, if I have a conversation with him, what would I possibly say to him? What could I possibly say to him? I have a solution for you. If you've not gotten to the point where you've, where you have involved reading your Bible daily, and I'm going to admit, I don't read my Bible daily. It's not like I, I don't have a set time where I sit down and read the Bible. And some people have that. And I'm not knocking people who do that. If you can do that, all well and good. But I can't do that. Because during the day, I don't know what I might be doing. Sometimes I'm sitting down and I'm just jotting down thoughts that come to me that I know I want to talk about on the show on Sunday. Sometimes I'm watching something to get more information about what I want to talk about, you know, on Sunday. But when I do decide to read, it could be at any time. I could just be like, you know what? If a scripture comes to my mind or if it's something that I know I want to, like I said, if I'm doing research for the show and I want to discuss something, I'll always look for a scripture to back up whatever it is that I'm saying. So that's when I'll go to the Bible and I'll read because I'm looking for that scripture and he'll give me the scripture that I need. He'll take me right to it. But then after I find that scripture, then I find myself, I'm reading the entire chapter because I want to get a better understanding. Okay, God, you gave me this verse to go with whatever story it is that I'm telling on Sunday. But what was the whole purpose of the entire chapter that this, this happened, this verse, the scripture happened to come from. So that's when I'll get my reading in. Cause I'll read that chapter just to see how that scripture that he gave me, what was the bigger picture behind it? So I say all that to say, if you haven't gotten to the point where you're reading your Bible daily, you can start just by using the scriptures that have been written in the Bible for prayer. There are actually scriptures in the Bible that are prayers. And we could start with the one that I'm sure everybody knows about, the one that Jesus, when he had his discussion with the disciples concerning prayer in the book of Matthew. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, Starting at verse 5 down to 13, this is what Jesus says. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Everybody knows that prayer. If you don't know anything else about the Bible, I'm sure somewhere, somehow, you've heard part of that prayer. I don't know where, but you've heard it. Like I said, somewhere, somehow, you've heard it. So now, there's other sources for prayers that can be found in the Bible. For instance, the book of Psalms. And I know this is another prayer that somewhere, somehow, you've heard this before. And you, everyone knows which one I'm going to say. But for those of you who don't know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I know you've heard that prayer. So right, we've all heard that before. But I just want to let you know when we pray, when we pray scripture, it keeps our prayers focused on God. When we recite his words back to him, it let him it lets him know that we recognize that his words are important, right? And that when we really want to talk to him, we want to talk about the things that he wants to talk about because we know he has everything good everything good planned for our lives. So, when we talk to him, we want him to know that we understand. And when we're praying his words, we're actually giving him bra- giving him back praise. Praying scriptures helps us to expand our prayer life and it also gives God glory. When he knows that, oh, you know, they are listening to me. They are paying attention to what I'm saying to them because the only way we can give him back his word is to have read the Bible because we're not going to just know his word just at the drop of a dime. We're not going to know his word by watching the news. We're not going to pick it up by watching CNN. We're not going to pick it up by watching Real Housewives. 
So when we read the Bible and we pray back his scriptures, we pray back his words to him, he knows, wow, they are listening. They are engaged. They do want to talk to me, right? So now I have heard some say that when they pray, they actually run out of things to talk about. Now with a, with a book as big as the Bible and all those scriptures up in there that everybody doesn't know everything and knows what everything means. Okay. If you run out of things to talk about, I understand. I must say, thank God, that's not a problem for me. I never run out of things to talk about, even if I don't. And a lot of times I'm not directly praying his scriptures verbatim back to him. But in that conversation, that conversation is about something he said to me in the Bible and I'm giving it back to him, not word for word, but you know how we paraphrase, well, God, you said such, you said that I was blessed and highly favored. You know, so what does that mean? So what does it mean to be highly favored? And you also said that I was the head and not the tail. So what does that mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not telling him word for word for word. Some I do say, because (laughs) as I'm talking to him, he'll be like, but you already know the answer to that. Like if I start getting on one of my, sometimes I do go on my little rants in my prayers and I'll be like, but God, I don't understand. How come whatever, 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 blah, 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 blah. And then maybe my favorite, my favorite scripture will come back to me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now see that one, I can quote verbatim because that is like, every time I say, he's like, uh, here you go. Uh, here you go. Uh, and again, here you go. (laughs) So, but I say all that to say, When you pray, it doesn't have to be verbatim that you know the scriptures. If you do have one that you want to ask him about and you've read, you remembered it or you opened it or you wrote it down, all well and good. But when you have his scriptures incorporated in the prayer, it lets him know, yes, you are actually listening to what I'm saying to you and we are now having a conversation. It's not all about your wish list. God, give me this. I need this. I need that. You see this. You saw that. Why this? Why that? It's not all about that all the time. But getting back to people having things, running out of things to talk about God. Here's some things that will help you to start a a conversation, a dialogue, right? I have a few tips that could help you just start a dialogue if you want to start prayer. Number one, begin with what you are grateful for. If you think about the course of the day, like I said, I woke up this entire week. And like I said, I I wake up grateful on other days too, but it seemed like every day this week I woke up and I was grateful for something else. Something just popped into my mind and I would just say, Lord, I thank you for that. Start with what you're grateful for. Even if you start out with God, I thank you for fill in the blank. And once you start that, once you start that conversation like that, you'd be surprised. So many things will just keep coming back to your mind, will come to your remembrance. You'll say this, you'll say that, and that'll lead to something else and something else. Just like a normal conversation that you have with people. You start out on one subject, excuse me, my throat is giving me problems. That's why I had to 
put a lozenger in my mouth. Now I understand why. Have anybody ever watched the Wendy Williams show? And you see when she starts out, she has her cup of tea or I think it's tea that she's drinking and she always drops a lozenger inside the cup. Because when you talk, it's like your voice, it's not even your voice, but your throat just starts to, and I never used to have this problem before, but for whatever reason, my throat just starts to get dry and it, it's hard for me to continue speaking. So I had to pop a candy in my mouth. But getting back to the topics that you can um, start your prayer with, when you think about how grateful you are for whatever's going on in your life at the moment, one thing will lead to the next. Because as you have, when you have conversations with people, you don't start on one conversation and stay on that entire conversation for an hour or so. If it is, then you really don't have anything to talk about with that person because that conversation is always going to lead to something else because everyone's always going to interject their side and that's going to lead to another, you know, another response, which would have you veer off to something else. And that's just the way conversations go. And this is the way the conversation could go with God as well. So number one, begin with what you are grateful for. Number two, think about a sin that you might've been keeping to yourself because, ooh, that was your little secret. And you just want to tell somebody about it. You know how sometimes you do something and it's like, oh, I can't dare tell them I did that because then they're going to look at me however they look at you. But that's one person you can go to or there is there is a being that you can go to and tell them what you're feeling and you don't have to worry about hearing it come back to you from anybody because that secret is safe when you let them know you could take it to God and he won't tell a soul and he'll help you work through it too if you were feeling bad about it he'll comfort you in how to deal with getting over what it is you did or how you're feeling. Number three, have you thanked God for the provisions that he's blessed you with? Now that's different from being grateful because you could be grateful for your life, but sometimes you could just actually bless him for, Oh God, thank you. I had this $10 that I could put gas in this tank now. Cause I didn't think I was going to make it to the grocery store and back little things like that. You know what I mean? Number four, have you thanked him for waking you up this morning? Now that should be the first thing you thank him for before you even go to what you're grateful about. You should just say, thank you, God, for the breath of life that that's in my body. Number five, is there anyone that you could pray for that might, that might need something from God? You know, you're not the only one that's in need of something, right? Number six, are there any lost souls that you know, that you know need to understand who God is? You could pray about that. God, just touch them. Show them who you are. Make yourself visible in their life. Make them receptive to hearing about you when I speak your name. You could pray about that. God, how could I, how can I approach them without turning them off? You could pray about that. He'll give you the answer for that too. Number seven, are there any leaders that you can 
Are there any leaders that you could ask God to have mercy on? Now that's something. Praying for our leaders. And we're always supposed to pray for those who are in authority over us. The Bible said it. But we can just pray for them. Is there too much violence happening at the moment that you need to throw up a prayer about that too? Praying for maybe your your community, for neighborhoods, for a city in particular, anything. We can pray for Portland to cover those people in what they're doing. We can pray for right here in Brooklyn with all the chaos that we've been having of late. We can pray for the Bronx with the chaos that they've been having. We don't know what it is. The spirit is out there. Everybody has a handgun. You can pray about that. Number nine, is there a habit or an addiction that you want to break? Now, you know, we went through habits before. And yes, we might struggle with how we, you know, we learned how to do. You can, you know, you condition yourself. You have the trigger. But sometimes you just need that extra help and you could just pray, God, I've been trying to do this. I went through all the steps. I just can't seem to stop. Pray about it. You can get delivered from it. Number 10, is there an injustice that you want God to take a closer look at? Even though he knows everything and he sees everything. But you know what, God? This is what I really want you to focus on. And then be specific. Point it out to him. You know what, God? I don't like the fact that that guy in the grocery store, when I walk in there, always gives me the side eye when I come in to go shopping. Pray about it. Number 11, are there any children that you can pray for? You know what, God? I just want you to touch the the children of St. Jude's. Whatever it is that they're going through, any pain that just may be going through their body at this moment, Lord, just give them all comfort. God, just walk through the halls of that hospital and just give all those children just comfort and peace. You could pray that. Elderly people. Are there any elderly people that you, you might not even know anybody that's elderly. Like to say, oh yeah, my grandmother's in a nursing home or my, you might, your, your grandparents may have all passed away. But that doesn't mean that there's not old people that's still walking around on earth. You can pray for them. You might have old people that live in your building or you might just see walking down the street. You could be walking down the street and just see an elderly person standing there at the corner getting ready to cross the street. And I know this happens to me often. I can be somewhere in a grocery store and I will see someone come in and they're elderly. And if they're by themselves and, you know, they're with their cane and they have their shopping bag and, you know, they're just taking their time walking. The first thing that runs through my mind is I pray and I say, Lord, just watch over them because they don't have someone who can accompany them to the store to protect them. That's the first thing that runs through my mind because my mom, before she passed, she was an elderly person and she used to like to go out there by herself as well. And I was at work and I would tell her, don't go out there because you don't know what you're going to encounter when you go in the streets like that during the day. Cause I see a lot of elderly people out and it's just, I would just don't do it. Anything you need, you call me, I'll bring it to you or you wait till I get home and we will go out. If you feel you want to go out, we'll go out and we'll get it, but don't go out there. 
And when I see them alone, it makes it, it my heart just goes out to them because I'm like, they have no one to just even be there just for company, just to walk with them. Not that they need the assistance, but it, it makes, I'm sure it would make them feel more comfortable if they had someone that could be there with them so that they wouldn't have to worry about someone trying to attack them or something happening to them. Or even if they just trip in the street, it doesn't even have to be someone doing something to them physically. They could just as easily trip on the sidewalk like we do and they go and fall. Whereas if there's someone with them, if they go to trip, that person can catch them. So I always, when I see elderly people, especially if I'm out shopping or if I just happen to be in the car and I see them crossing the street and they, you know, they cross slow. So, you know, the light's going to change long before they get over to the other side, but you just pray that Lord, don't let these drivers be so impatient that they don't just let the people cross and get on the sidewalk, you know, just little things like that. And then you just go on with the rest of your day. I say that to say prayer does not always have to be about you. Actually, if you think about it, when you're at the point where you begin to pray for others, that is when you know that you have been elevated in your prayer life because you have learned that this entire living experience is not all about you, but how you interact and treat one another. So when you begin with any of the points that I mentioned above, and there's more of them I could have listed, but I figured we'll leave it there for now. Once you begin to pray, it will lead you to other thoughts, like I said, that come to your mind and that you would want to speak about to God. Now, I think I'm going to do a show concerning the names that God has and how you can pray through those names or using those names, tapping into those names for specific prayers. And now, you know, God has over 200 names, right? He's got a lot of names. And you know, when you're talking to someone, it's always better to address them by their name. Like when you see them, instead of saying, oh, hi, and then starting a conversation, you'll be like, you call them, hey, Deborah, hi. And then you engage in a conversation. When you call the person by their name, it makes you familiar with them. It makes it that, wow, yeah, I know who you are. You're not a stranger. Yes, I want to talk to you. Same thing with God. When you know his name and you know specifically what you want to address, you can address him by that name and pray to him in that name. But I'm going to do a show about that and we'll understand better how to pray in the, in his name. So with that, I think it's time for a music break. And when we come back, we will go into op-ed you have been listening to Kay Edwards on What Would Kay Say on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com.
ahead of my brother Though sometimes it may be hard to do Yeah You just be encouraged Cause I've been in that position too listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, I want to get into um, something that's been disturbing me. Um, how could I put it? All the crime, all the violence, the uptick in violence that we've seen in the past month or so, or especially since this pandemic, and how now people are looking at it like, well, if black lives matter, why are they killing each other? And I must admit, it bothered me the amount of crimes that I see that we commit against one another. But I have a theory behind all that. But before I get into that, I want to just say black people don't commit more crimes on one another than white people commit on crimes on themselves. A report released by the U.S. Department of Justice in 2017 found that all the violent crimes committed between 2012 and 2015, 22.7% were committed by black people. 
and 63% of those were committed against other black people. This is in comparison of 44% of all violent crimes committed by white people, 57% of which were committed against other white people. According to this data, white people commit crimes against other white people at about the same rate that black people do against other black people. But despite these numbers, people aren't discussing the white-on-white crime problem. When a white person commits a crime against another white person, it's just called a crime. Race isn't a factor. And that's done intentionally. Using language like black-on-black crime perpetuates the myth that intraracial violence is specific to the black community. And that's a myth that has been put on black people that we are inherently more violent and it's been used since the abolishment of slavery. So now, when you listen to what I just read, and if whites commit crimes on one another just as blacks commit crimes on themselves, why is it that ours is always in the news, always on the forefront. Oh, look what they're doing to us, to each other. But yet they want to say black lives matter. It's just another way to dumb down the fact that America knows what it's doing. It knows what it has done. And right now it doesn't want to own up to It's people saying we're tired of being in this position. And here we go once again saying we're tired of being in this position. How many years have we been saying this? And it seems like as soon as we take two steps forward, it's 20 steps back. Did anyone have the privilege to catch the funeral for John Lewis? Did anyone see that funeral and hear how the people were speaking about him on the podium? Everyone that went up there and talked about that man had something positive to say. And not just positive here in what he did in Congress, but positive from the time that man was 20 years old. He had been fighting for the injustices of African-American people here in America. When he walked across that bridge in Alabama to march for the right to vote for the people of Selma and those um, police officers nearly beat him to death, they cracked that man's skull. They said, he said, he doesn't even know how he got from the end of the bridge into the church because he was knocked out. They literally cracked that man's skull. And when I think about that, what type of hatred do you have in your heart to want to crack someone's skull because they're marching for someone to have the right to vote. Now we're not talking about you cracked this man's skull because he came into your house and he raped your wife 
and he slapped your kids and he set your house on fire and robbed you. We're saying a group of people marched across a bridge so that another group of people would then have the right to vote and you want to crack their skulls? I mean, just think about that. When you just think about that, there's no way, there's no way that you cannot understand the importance of casting a vote. And I love the fact of when the people were standing up at the podium, especially President Obama, well, former President Obama, he, he really put it out there. The movement cannot stop. Because John Lewis is now rest in peace, comfortable in his new home with the Lord, the fight still remains. Do you know he now had another voting rights bill on the floor that had been held up to get ratified because they had already started changing things in the state law so that it made it harder for people to go to the polls to vote? So to this day, to this very day, we are still fighting to have a right to vote. Can you believe that? In 2020, people are still being denied in the land of the free and the home of the brave? Really? And they want to talk about, air quotes, third world countries? How they're not, oh, they don't allow them to have democracy. We got to go there to ensure that all their people are allowed to vote and express their, um, express their rights to vote for who they want to govern them. But right here in your own land, you won't even let your own people vote? Hmm. But I say all that to say, once again, I said I was going to stay on this voting. I was, I'm staying on this voting until we vote on November 3rd. It's less than 100 days away, people, before we have to cast a vote. And now they've extended registration. They're trying to get it where you can register up until two days before you have to cast your vote on November 3rd. But res the registration cutoff is like, say, about the week of October 1st, October 4th, that week, you have to have had your registration in already. So keep it in mind. Register before November, before October 1st. That makes you, that makes it easier for you to remember when your registration has to be and if you're not already registered. But the importance of voting, I cannot stress it enough. And also, they extended the censor, the, the censor, you hear me? The census. <laughs> the census, if you have not filled it out, it was extended until, until October 30th. Make sure you put in that census so that you can be counted and get every dime that you're supposed to get from the federal government for your community. Most important with that as well. And so also where I was hearing when I was listening to the funeral was 
how everything with this, the Civil Rights Act that was signed in 1965, there are so many portions of that bill that has been cut up and mutilated to where nothing is actually happening that was supposed to be signed into law that day. So it's so important for us to pay attention to what's going on with the bills that, oh, and you have these, when you go to the polls too, you're going to see these, um, addendums that you can vote for these propositions that they put on there. Make sure you read them in their entirety and you could actually go online and look to see what propositions are up for, um, for vote. So you can do your investigations and know exactly what it is you're voting for and why you're voting for it. Don't just tick it off and say, yeah, 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 I want it. You don't know what you could be signing away by saying, yes, you want it. Make sure you do all that investigative work. And I guess this is good because with everyone working from home still for the majority of people who were working from home, you have all the time in the world. You're on a computer all day long while you're not on a conference call. You can click another, open a new page and do the investigation. You're not in front of that computer doing work all day, all day, nonstop. I've worked from home. I know. So take the time, click on that extra page, do some surfing about voting instead of surfing about what you're going to buy from Walmart because Walmart is always going to be there for you to buy something online. But this vote only comes around this time until another four years, but we want to make sure we get everything right this time around so that we will have another peaceful. So we'll have a peaceful four years going forward with everything else that's happening. So it's just, it's just very important. It's just very important with everything that's happening. Just make sure you vote, make sure that you vote. And with that, that ends op-ed. Our promise is going to be from Matthew 6, 8. Your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. That goes right along with um, what I read today as far as when we were talking about prayer. So I wanted to just keep it all tied in to keep everything all in one. And since this is the first Sunday of the month, we got a new word and I want our word to be reform. As always, I always give you the definition of our word of the month. Reform means make changes in something typically a social, political, or economic institution or practice in order to improve it. So that's our word of the month, reform. So with that, I want to say have a blessed Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week if you're going out because COVID is still out there. And until we meet again, God willing, next week, peace. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Sing it again. You are.
all the glory. Alpha and Omega. 